You know the vibes. Rate, review, subscribe. <laughs> Combo Nation, what up? What up? What up, everyone? Welcome to episode 290. You heard that right. Episode 290 of Combo's Court. And I am Combo. Share this episode with a friend. Share it on social media, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. Share it on your IG stories and tag me at 1-2-Combo on Instagram. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Today's show, Ben Mehich, host of the Locked On Wizards podcast, joins in to talk Wizards, basketball, and more. You can find Ben on Twitter at Ben Mehich NBA. That's B-E-N-M-E-H-I-C-N-B-A. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. today i'm doing good man thanks for having me on a lot's going on it's it's sort of christmas if you're an nba fan or a basketball fan so i'm happy to come on and talk hoops most definitely we talk about the draft often it's been draft talk for a while now and the draft is over and we're still talking about it but we have to man we have to because the wizards drafted Corey kispert a solid draft pick in in the midst of all this craziness you know we've seen josh primo go really early we saw josh giddy go really early and the Wizards just take a solid pick at number 15. If it, if it would have been lottery for Corey Kispert, you know, earlier in the lottery, I might have thought maybe that's not the right move. But, you know, he probably is one of the best shooters in the draft. What did you make of it? Yeah, well, the, well, the Wizards had Kispert 10th on their mock draft, so to speak. So they had him going in the lottery. So they were happy he fell to 15. He was sort of a player who fell in their lap, sort of like Rui Hachimura and Denny Avdia did. They didn't expect either of those players to be there when, when it was ter- their turn to pick. Uh, they had the same sort of circumstance happen with Corey Kispert. They're one of the worst shooting teams in the NBA last year. Um, they need to sort of alleviate uh, some spacing for, for Bradley Beal. Kispert's the sort of player that is probably going to have a 10, 15-year career in the NBA just because he's a knockdown shooter. 50, 40, 90 in college, that tends to translate to the NBA. Uh, Davis Bertans had an off year. I think they're trying to offload that contract. That could have already happened by the time you're listening to this. Kispert's the sort of player that you can immediately plug in. He's not a rookie where you have to wait uh, and, de- and develop and wait to see how that player progressive progresses. You can throw him into the lineup right away and, and expect him to produce. I think he's a, probably a bit, little bit better of a defender than some, some people give him credit. And, and he's a better creator. A lot of people have likened him to Joe Harris. Duncan Robinson. I think those are kind of lazy comparisons just because they're, they're good shooters. Doesn't mean that their game is exactly the same. He strikes me as sort of a Bogdan Bogdanovich type of player where he can, he can create a little bit off the ball uh, and he moves very well uh, without the ball as a cutter. Uh, so I think he can contribute in, in, in ways that, you know, most fans that, that sort of look at it uh, at, at a uh, basic standpoint, don't really see. And, and the Wizards want to win now. They don't. They didn't want to take a project rookie and Kispert fits exactly what they were looking for. I think Chris Duarte was another rookie that they were eyeing. And once he was taken, Kispert was basically a, a no-brainer for them. Well, Chris Duarte would have been interesting because he is a player that there's a good chance he'll be ready to play right now. Do you feel the Wizards are in rebuilding mode or they're trying to win right now? I mean, 
Corey Kispert is a guy that could help you win, you know, pretty soon, maybe not right now, maybe the year after. Isaiah Todd is obviously a project, a guy that I'm really high on. We saw him play really well in spurts in the G League bubble. Had some really nice flashes, um, had a game-winning shot. But what do you make of where the Wizards are in, in terms of just, you know, rebuilding, win-now mode? Or are they somewhere in between? That's They're sort of in purgatory. They're one of the maybe five or six teams in the NBA that are always stuck in this middling road where they want to maintain Bradley Beal. They want him to stay as the face of the franchise. They want to lock him up to a super max deal when that time comes. And to do that, they want to show that they're capable of competing now. They know that they're not a championship contender, but they're hoping with the salary cap flexibility that they just gained uh, after getting rid of Russell Westbrook or trading him to the Los Angeles Lakers, that down the road, there'll be players in free agency. And it's been five years when, when they whiffed on, on Kevin Durant and ended up signing Jan Mahinmi, Jason Smith, Andrew Nicholson, those Albatross contracts. It's been quite some time since they've been players in free agency. So they're trying to sort of create flexibility and show Bradley Beal that, you know, we can maintain a competitive level right now, make the playoffs, maybe make the second round. But in due time, we'll be one of those teams that sneaks in, maybe has a Phoenix Suns type of run, maybe acquires a disgruntled star at some point, because that always happens in the NBA. Players always ask out, and the, and the Wizards want to be in a position where when that happens, they can be a suitor for one of these players. So that's sort of their thinking. Uh, I, I think when we're watching these moves, uh, they're thinking in the draft, getting a guy like Corey Kispert, like you said, he can play now, but also he'll probably develop and he'll be a major contributor in two or three or four years He'll be that consistent role player. And Isaiah Todd, who, like you said, has shown flashes of being an athletic big man. They, they want to keep progressing with their center position where Daniel Gafford is a rim protector, a rim runner. He plays above the rim. Isaiah Todd, similar sort of player. And they're also banking on West Sunsell Jr. developing these players and, and being a, a coach who can convince free agents that this is a place to be where he'll utilize your talents at a higher capacity than the Scott Brooks did, where he'll make sure the juice is worth the squeeze. But Washington has really struggled to do that over the past you know, five years with Scott Brooks at the helm. So I'm sure everybody heard the news. Russell Westbrook is no longer with the Wizards. Uh, what do you make of his time there? I mean, you have a great understanding of the pulse of the fan base for this organization. How did they react when Russ came? How did they react when he left? And what do you make about the short-lived Russell Westbrook era? It reminds me of Paul Pierce's time in Washington, where it was really cool to see him in a Wizards jersey. The Wizards haven't been notorious and, and really struggling to maintain talent or acquire it. You look at the best players in franchise history, uh, no disrespect to some of those players, but they're not household names. The Wizards have really struggled to get marquee talent. Russell Westbrook is above and beyond the most popular player who's ever put on a Washington Wizards uniform. He broke the triple-double record in Washington. They sold a ton of jerseys in Washington. Wait, 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 wait. I have to stop you. I have to stop you. Well, Didn't Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan play for the Wizards? Michael Jordan's tenure, we'll, we'll just pretend never happened. That wasn't the Michael Jordan. He was just wearing a Wizards jersey. That was uh, someone pretending to be Michael Jordan. So we won't, we won't discuss that. Okay, proceed, but proceed. <laughs> Russell Westbrook is, with the Michael Jordan caveat, the most popular player to ever play in a Wizards jersey. I don't think that's even comparable. John Wall was obviously very popular at his height, as was Gilbert. Gilbert yeah. As was Gilbert Arenas, but nothing like Russell Westbrook. I mean... I, I saw that firsthand. Whenever I wrote an article, uh, I mean, the Russell Westbrook stands, as, the, as I've come to know, uh, it was incomparable to anything I've seen covering the team. So they'll miss him in that way. Um, he obviously gave the team a popularity bump. 
but on the court, um, I think they really struggled to, to find a way to utilize them where the offense is flowing. I mean, they were bottom three in passes per game. Over the past five years, every Russell Westbrook team has been bottom five in passing. Wes Alcino Jr., the first thing he said at his press conference was, we want to eliminate pass possessions or no pass possessions. It's really tough to do when Russell Westbrook is your starting point guard. Wizards want the ball flowing. They want a younger point guard in there who's going to sort of mesh uh, with the offense and the style that Basanza Jr. wants to play. And they wanted to move on, I think, from Russell Westbrook. And he made it easier for them when he asked out. So I think it all it works out for both teams where, you know, he's, he's, he's one of the highest paid players in the NBA. Um, he's, he's, I think, nearing the end of his career. He's been on four teams in four different years for, for a reason. And uh, I think it works out bad for, for both parties that they're moving on from each other. So, you know, when Russell Westbrook did make the move to the Lakers, everybody talked about fit, right? Everybody talked about fit. Today, we've seen they made some moves, Trevor Ariza, Wayne Ellington, Dwight Howard. How do you like the fit with the Lakers in L.A.? With Russ there, you obviously want to have shooting around AD and LeBron. But Russell Westbrook is a guy who's going to play hard every single night, every single day. And, you know, he is a star level player. Fit is always an issue. And when we talk, when we discussed who was the better fit, CP3 or Russ, I would probably go with CP3. Right. But, you know, Russ is the guy they have. What do you make of the fit? What do you make of Russ in L.A.? I mean, to be blunt, there's a reason why um, the Wizards were able to get him for um, an injured John Wall and a protected, a heavily protected first-round pick. And there's a reason why the Lakers were able to get him for Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Montrezl Harrell, and and um, Kuzma. Right? These aren't these are all very solid role players, but to get a player of Russell Westbrook's caliber at that uh, market. I think I might piss some piss some Russell Westbrook fans off when I say the some some of the facts of, of the realities of his career. Um, he's been on four teams in, in four years for a reason. He's been traded for role players uh, year after year for a reason. Um, his contract, I think, plays a big part in that. But also the fact that he's really tough to fit into an offense that that's flowing, and and I think that's what teams are looking for nowadays. Um, we saw it with the Golden State Warriors. We saw it a bit with the with the Phoenix Suns, I think uh, you need spacing, you need ball movement to, to win at a high level. I think the, the Lakers are hoping by just with sheer talent, they can sort of just brute force their way to the, to the championship. I would say, I would say defy the odds. Right. And I, and I think that that may be true. I'm not going to discount LeBron James and Russell Westbrook. They're obviously um, hall of fame level players. LeBron's arguably a top three player ever. I'm not going to uh, say that's an, an impossibility, but um, you know, the data says that, and, and, and you, the proof's in the pudding. You see how, how rough of a time Westbrook's had in the playoffs, and you see how the Lakers guarded him. If you watch the, the Rockets-Lakers series in the bubble, they quite literally didn't guard him, and, and, and the Rockets had a really hard time navigating that because Westbrook isn't the type of talent where you can just straight up bench him because he's shooting poorly. That's not going to end well either. So I think now the Lakers are going to try and surround surround uh, Westbrook and LeBron with pieces and, and veterans like Wayne Ellington to support that shooting and that spacing. And they'll need that desperately. And I think more importantly, they'll need Russell Westbrook to embrace more of a distributor role because he's a, he's a, he's a very good passer. He's all the league in assists. He also yeah. led the league in turnovers. And that's sort of the nature of Russell Westbrook. You get, you take the good with the bad. And I think the Lakers are hoping that they'll finally be the team that can convince them to minimize some of those 
possessions where he's sort of just pure chaos because that's Russ, right? That's why he's a Hall of Famer. He's the most chaotic player ever. That's why he's averaging a triple-double. That's why he is a triple-double king. And he's the most one of the most polarizing figures in, in NBA history for that reason. So uh, maybe with LeBron there, they can help sort of tame that demon that, that overcomes Westbrook from time to time. To your point, I mean, yeah, he, he is a great passer. I think you have to do some things very creative as a coach with this team. Like you might have to do some stuff with Russell Brett Westbrook playing like a super Bruce Brown role, uh, you know, like him playing the, a very small ball four or five, you know, or even having him as the point guard and LeBron playing off ball a little bit. Maybe LeBron gets lots of reps up this summer with a spot up threes. They have to be creative to make this work. And I'm surprised that they gave up KCP to be honest, because he is a guy who spaces the floor. I'm sure. I'm sure that was the guy they were trying to hold on to through those negotiations. Yeah, and I think that's the player the Wizards wanted to get back. Um, yeah. When you look at the three players they got back in Kuzma, KCP, and Harrow, KCP is probably the only player that they're trying to consistently hold on to. Where Harrow and, and Kuzma, they might try to reroute in a sign and trade for Spencer Dinwiddie or something like that. That's what we've been hearing uh, wow. through the reports. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to be able to do that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not aware of how much interest the Nets will have in, in someone like Harrow and Kuzma. Surely it makes sense to get something back rather than to watch Dinwiddie walk. Uh, they might need, Dinwiddie might need those two teams to cooperate to get him in Washington anyway, but um, I don't think the Wizards are necessarily keen on keeping either of those players, given that Thomas Bryant is on, is on pace to return healthy. Um, he's, a, he's a very good floor spacer. He's, he was the most efficient big man uh, in the league before injury, and, and I think with Bertans there uh, getting paid what he's getting paid, unless they can trade him, keeping Kuzma doesn't make much sense either. So uh, we'll see how th- they'll try to creatively navigate this because Tommy Shepard has, I think, shown that he's a much different than his predecessor and, and that he's looking for new avenues to improve the roster because, frankly, there really weren't any when he took the team over. Don't you think Harold and Kuzma could be fun, though? I mean... Howard, before he got to the Lakers, was a fun player. I mean, I think he could be a fan favorite type player. Kuzma, he really, in my opinion, could average 20 to 25 points a game if he didn't play for the Lakers, if he wasn't in LeBron's shadow, if he wasn't in AD's shadow, and he got a lot of reps and got a lot of usage. I mean, I don't know if he could be a great player on or a best player or a second best player on a legit title contender or even a very good playoff team, but I think it could be fun with those two, right? Yeah, they, they, it could sort of be like the 2017-18 Clippers who were really good with Tobias Harris, Lou Will, Gallo. Uh, and, and, pro- and probably not even that good, to be honest. Harrell, right. They, they could yeah. probably win 42, 43 games and make the playoffs. But I think the Wizards right. want to get one of these second or third tier point guards, uh, maybe a, 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 a Spencer Dinwiddie type of player who might sneak onto one or two all-star teams in his career. Um, the market for point guards is really slim. The Wizards haven't been in the position where they're looking for a starting point guard in, in quite some time. That Gilbert, and then they drafted John Wall, uh, and then got rid of Gilbert, and then obviously replaced John with, with Russell Westbrook. So it's been quite some time since they were looking for a starting point guard. And I think they're sort of in a position where, you know, the market's drying up quickly. Lonzo Ball signed with the Chicago Bulls. A backup option like Derrick Rose signed quickly with the New York Knicks. And now they're sort of in a position where they might have to overpay for a player like Spencer Dinwiddie. And to do that, it might force them to facilitate a trade involving Kuzma and Harrow. That's just sort of what I've been hearing. And, and I, I don't expect those players to stick around uh, come, come the regular season. Just look at the roster composition. It's 
heavy on forwards, basically no guards. Uh, Bradley Beal and Aaron Holiday, who they just acquired, are the only guards on the roster. So I expect that to change pretty soon. Yeah, as we said already, Russ is gone. As you said, Harold and Kuzma might be gone. But there's one player we know will be there next year. He was a rookie this year. He got injured, Denny Avia. Um, with Russ gone, who knows how long Brad will be there. Well, we could talk about that next. But would you like to see Denny get more usage, more time with the basketball? Because he is a skilled player. He obviously showed he could catch and shoot. I think with more opportunity, Denny could really come into his own. Do you think that'll happen now that Russ is gone and maybe Brad might be on his way out? I think more importantly, uh, it, it will happen now that Wesson South Jr. is coaching the team. Um, they drafted okay. him ninth, ninth overall because they they expected him to be a secondary ball handler. And then he started playing and Scott Brooks sort of slotted him as a spot-up shooter. And he was a pretty bad shooter in Maccabi Tel Aviv. That, you don't draft Denny Avdia a 6'10 playmaker for his spot-up shooting ability. If they were wanting a spot-up shooter, they should have drafted someone like Sadiq Bey. So the way Scott Brooks utilized Denny Avdia never really made sense. I know it frustrated him in this camp. Um, I'm sure they were happy to see the coaching change. You mentioned usage. Isak Bonga had a higher usage rate than, than Denny Avdia in Washington. Isak wow. Bonga was basically not utilized the entire season. So Denny basically did not touch the ball this whole season. It was partially because of the way they played and, and in part the way he played. He was a bit hesitant. Um, he had a short leash, so to speak. Whenever he made a mistake, Scott Brooks was quick to bench him, as he did with Troy Brown Jr., who they traded for Daniel Gafford. So I'm really excited for Denny because they drafted him to be that secondary ball handler, someone who can create off pick and rolls. Um, he's, he's a very creative player, and they really stunted his growth his first year. So hopefully he gets healthy and we can see what he does in summer league. Uh, West Sunset Jr. is going to coach some summer league games too just to get a feel for the team. So um, I'm really excited for him because with or without Beal, uh, that's always going to be in the rumor mill. Denny's probably going to stick in Washington for some time. They really like his skill set. I think the way the NBA is evolving with these 6'9", 6'10 players, the secondary ball handlers, I think once he improves his handle, he'd be a really good player. I think sort of a Ben Simmons, Lamar Odom light, maybe that's shooting for the stars there, but uh, someone who can really create and, and be a bigger player that can that can play point gardens first, which he did in Maccabi a lot. And, and look, he was playing against former NBA players and he was 18, 19 years old. We just didn't really see him get utilized for the skill sets that got him picked ninth overall. And he was a projected top five pick. You know, if Patrick Williams didn't shoot up to the sky um, right before the draft, Denny would have went fifth in Chicago, but uh, right. there. And, and I think Washington has the potential to really tap into a player that can evolve as the game is continuing to develop in this waiver players his height are playing with creativity. And Weston Sun Jr., look, he played a huge role in helping Nikola Jokic develop. He's the best passing big man of all time. And I'm not saying Denny's going to be anything like Nikola Jokic, but he's clearly uh, knows how to develop big men and, and, and uh, utilize, I think, some of their passing skills. So that's a huge plus going forward for Washington, I think. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that Matt Babcock, who's a, he's a draft analyst, and he actually comped him to Ben Simmons. So a lot of what you're saying is making sense. Like, nobody ever looked at him as a spot-up shooter, you know? Yeah, yeah, it never made any sense. Um, it's sort of uh, – it became pretty apparent that Scott Brooks had either struggled due to the pandemic and the structure of the season to, to, um, to make use of his roster. I don't want to make excuses for him because everybody in the NBA dealt with the same issues, but – um, Washington's offense is really stale. Again, they were bottom three in passing. 
Um, that's some of that is the nature of having Russell Westbrook on the team. And, and some of that was just Brooks struggling to utilize the talent. And we saw Rui Hachimura, um, he became a quasi spot up shooter from mid range at times. And, and he's better than that. We we're seeing what, we're, what he's doing in the Olympics. Now where he's scoring 35 points at times. He's a dynamic scorer. We saw him dunk on Anthony Davis. He's shown us small spurts of being a dynamic athlete. Rui Hachimura has. Yeah. And we haven't seen that in Washington yet. So I think, you know, Washington and Tommy Shepard are, are of the thought that West Ansel Jr. could really make these small incremental changes that can be huge for these players and, and, and schematically, I think, put them in a position to succeed where Washington can actually be a fun team to watch. They might not be the most successful team, but these young players can actually show signs of being some of the better players in, in two or three years. To your point about Denny, I think that's where the league is going. We saw Toronto draft two guys who are going to be taller playmakers, guys who can initiate offense, Scotty Barnes and Delonte Banton. So it will be nice to see Denny get that opportunity if he does. Yeah, I think that's why they drafted him, right? I think for a long time, the Wizards were sort of keeping up with the Joneses where, you know, in the, I'd say probably in the 2010, 12, that range uh, of timeline where everybody was sort of hoarding um, stretch fours and the Wizards were scrambling to hire Al Harrington. And, and Al Harrington was like 34, 35 years old at the time. So they've always been sort of behind the eight ball. And I think Tommy Shepard is trying to utilize um, his, his data analytics team a bit more and lean on that more than Ernie Grunfeld did to get more of, uh, I think, um, a heads up as to where the league is headed and to not always keep up and be a year or two behind while the league is progressing, but actually um, initiate some change and, and I think be a part of the league's progress. He's, they just hired an entire analytics staff and poached a couple of people from the Toronto Raptors. And I think that's where they, they, they want to see themselves to be on par with the teams that you mentioned, the Raptors uh, and the Nuggets that they're, that they're always um, – you know, referencing in the Oklahoma City Thunder as well. Teams that are, are always trying to get an edge uh, analytically, they're trying to sort of lead uh, and, and, and um, lean on that a little bit more. Yeah, Toronto has one of the best cultures. I would say them, the Heat, and the Spurs are probably three of the teams with the best basketball culture. So it's definitely nice if you could have some of those guys come on board and work with the Wizards. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, you know, you, you don't cover the Wizards, you cover the league at large. So I could probably ask you and you can give me more uh, of your opinion on this. I'm always interested to see because I'm so deeply entrenched in the team. Um, I, I see the trend sort of improving in, in ways that people talk about the Washington Wizards, especially since Tommy Shepard has taken over. Um, you're seeing them acquire more international players. They have seven or eight international players last year, the most in the NBA. Uh, I think they're starting and trying to gain an international presence. Um, trying to gain more legitimacy throughout the NBA by getting players like Rui Hachimura, Denny Abdia, keeping Bradley Beal, making bold moves like trading John Wall and Russell Westbrook, and they're trying to gain some legitimacy. So I guess you can sort of shed some more light on this as sort of uh, an observer from a bird's eye view. How do you view the Washington Wizards in the sense that how do they compare to teams we've mentioned, the Thunder, the Rockets, that are sort of always on the forefront of um, development in the NBA? Man, I think right now in terms of like, the broader sense of things, there's so much focus on Brad Beal and everything's about Brad Beal that nobody really talks about all the great things that the Wizards are doing. But I think some of the things that they're doing now will help them, like I'd say four years from now, five years from now. And I think there'll be a legitimate playoff team by that point. But this Brad Beal thing, because you hear Brad Beal in almost for almost every team, you know, it's like, will Brad Beal go here? Will Brad Beal go there? And I think it does overshadow everything to be honest is that fair 
Yeah, that's the nature of being a smaller-ish market team with a superstar who's not winning at a high level. Uh, he knows. I mean, he, he saw John Wall go through it, right? Where John's 30, 30 years old now. He spent the majority of his career in Washington, never really competed for a championship, didn't put enough pressure on Ernie Gronfeld and co. to get winning players, to build a contender. Your window, and you know this as a former pro player, uh, to play at that such a high level is really small, right? Brad's 28 years old. He's not getting any younger. He's obviously in the thick of his prime right now. Um, yeah. They need win now moves. Now, that's the question, right? And, and I think that's why you're saying what you are. The Wizards are sort of making win kind of now moves. They're not committed to either rebuilding or winning now. So let's say they go out and, and sign Spencer Dinwiddie Spencer Dinny will maybe help you make the playoffs. They're making these marginal moves. You get Corey Kispert, Bertans comes back healthy, Daniel Gafford's an improvement at center. That team might make it seventh or maybe at best sixth seed in the East. That's still not good enough to keep a player like Bradley Beal happy because he wants to win now. He saw John Wall go through what he did and not win a championship in Washington despite playing through injury, being told year after year that will be players this year. Kevin Durant might come. And you end up with these mediocre players on your roster that you're constantly carrying to short playoff appearances. So um, that's, I think, the question, and, and it's a right one, where Bradley Beal, when they say that he's pondering his future, he should be. And I think he's 20 years old now, just made the All-NBA team, was second in the NBA in scoring. This is as high as his, as his career can get in terms of his individual success. He's probably not going to be an MVP-type talent. He'll be an All-NBA-type talent. His, his market value right now is the highest as it can be. He's a very smart kid, smart businessman. He's, he, his family is expanding. He knows that I need to win now. I'm not going to get any younger. I think the Wizards need to make moves that convince him that if we don't win a championship in a year or two, in three or four years, we might be a legitimate contender. I've yet to see that from Washington, though. They made some bold moves, some good moves, some, some moves that make them look better on the margins. But I think they need to somehow become players for that star, ultimately. That's what they're hoping to do, but it remains to be seen if they'll, if they'll be that. Well, best case scenario, Brad stays, but if he doesn't stay, what would be the best case scenario there? And, and that's the thing. Uh, I don't think it's a bad scenario for either of them. And sort of like it wasn't in the rest situation where obviously right. it would be more devastating to lose Beal because he's younger and he's been in Washington for longer, but if they do lose Beal. If they do trade him, you can expect a historic return, right? Something that, looked like a James Harden trade. If, if, if the Sixers want four or five first-round picks for Ben Simmons, you can imagine the return that Bradley Beal will get. Um, I think they'll probably want a, young, a really good young player and a handful of picks, right? Something like a Michael Porter Jr. It's just hypothetical. A Michael Porter Jr., a Bull Bull, and three or four or five first-round picks with pick swaps and so on, right? That would make sense to seeing the return that James Harden got. Um, you know, the Heat will always be players. They've always liked Bradley Beal. Um, the Lakers will always be there, the Clippers and so on. Uh, there's always teams that I think are going to be willing to give up future picks and, and really all they can to get a player with Beal's caliber. So if it does come to that, the Wizards will be able to get a lot and restart with Rui, Denny, and the future picks. So um, all is all, I, I think it will it will end well, however uh, it ends. Whether it ends in Beal in a Heat jersey or a Denver jersey or whatever the case may be, the Wizards will still be able to get a ton and be able to actually reset as opposed to just trying to claw out of purgatory year after year. Yeah, you mentioned the Heat. Duncan Robinson signs for $90 million. They get Kyle Lowerly. And Jimmy, max extension. 
Pat Riley is definitely in win now mode. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's win now mode, but you know you get a thirty five year old Kyle Lowry. Uh, I mean, players are obviously aging a lot better nowadays. We, we just saw what Chris Paul did in Phoenix, but yeah, um, is that enough to really compete in the Eastern Conference? I admire, I really do. I admire their their willingness to put all the chips on the table, but um, I I personally. I don't see it. I don't see them winning a championship. I don't see the Lakers winning a championship. I think in teams that develop internally tend to compete at a, at a really high level nowadays. And, and obviously the Nets are, if they come back healthy, they add a swing man like Otto Porter Jr. If they can trade Spencer Dinwiddie for Harrell and Kuzma, now that's even more depth. You re-sign Blake Griffin, get a healthy James Harden, healthy Kyrie Irving. That's the team to beat, I think, next season. Even though they, they obviously were one three-point shine away probably from winning a championship there with Kevin Durant stepping on the three-point line there. Um, they're probably the favorites, I think, to go in, regardless of what the Miami Heat do. I think they're that good. Yeah. I, would you say that the Lakers are now the favorites in the West? Truthfully, I, I wouldn't. I, I think if wow. the Clippers showed to be very good, I think uh, they could Well, I don't know if Kawhi's going to play next season. That's the... Right, that's true. I mean, as a turn ACL, yeah. I'm, still not, I'm, I'm still not out on Utah. I think they can be very good. Denver, I think when Jamal Murray comes yes. back, they could be very good. Um, these teams have, have incredible chemistry. You obviously can't forget about Phoenix. I'm not sold. This might come back to bite me in the ass. I'm just not sold on that Westbrook fit at all. Um, on paper, it looks great. I think kids will have a blast playing with them in NBA 2K. Uh, they'll sell a ton of jerseys. They'll be on magazine covers and so on. But, hey, Buddy Heald probably was a better fit for there. I understand that Westbrook's a better player. You can't really pass on the opportunity to add a Hall of Fame player like that, still sort of in his prime. Not blaming Rob Palenka for that, but uh, you look at the way the league is going. They needed shooting. Buddy Heald would have been a good fit there. LeBron still LeBron. AD still AD. They're, if those two are healthy, you add shooting, you can win the title. So it'll be interesting. It'll take creativity on their coaching staff's part. Jason yes. is no longer there. Hollins is no longer there. So it'll be interesting to see how they, how they uh, try to match them because, look – uh, Russ is what in his 14th year. Uh, I've yet to see a coach really get him to play a not Russell Westbrook style of basketball. Uh, and and yeah. you take the good with the bad there. And, and Washington got plenty of good and, and plenty of bad there last season. You're not the only one to say it, Ben. The fit isn't exactly just right there. I mean, you do want to put mostly shooting when you have AD and LeBron and Russ just does not fit that mold. And the shooting has got worse over the years. That's the thing with him, you know, even the free throw shooting. So, it is troubling. They're going to have to be very creative, as you said. Uh, Trevor Ariza is – he's a great fit in theory and in name, but he's a little bit older now. You know, like prime Trevor Ariza would have been perfect. Yeah, prime Trevor Ariza. I mean, thinking of a player like that, you could then actually start thinking about punching a ticket to the finals. But he's right. no longer prime Trevor Ariza. They just signed Dwight Howard. He's obviously far from prime Dwight Howard. I don't know what they do with Andre Drummond or Mark Gasol if they'll return, but – the roster just doesn't make a lot of sense for 2021. Uh, it might have yeah. made a lot of sense in the early 2000s. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe these players are that damn good and that they can just, again, brute force their way to wins. Maybe they can just overpower player, overpower opposing teams. That's that, that I guess I can logically, um, I can, that checks out, I guess, logically. But um, it's just, it's just hard to imagine that. I think the way the leagues are, the league is progressing, the way that teams like Denver and Phoenix have shown, uh, to find success, it's just hard to see the Lakers sort of just going off path and just creating their own way. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me because LeBron's that good, but uh, I just I just don't see it happening. But hey, another plot line: the NBA is really the world's greatest soap opera. I think. 
Most definitely. Last thing before we get out of here. One thing you're looking for in summer league when it comes to Wizards basketball. Well, first off, if Denny plays, he's, he's going to be the, I think, player to watch there because West Sunset Jr., as I mentioned, is going to be coaching some games uh, for summer league. He's their new head coach. They're going to let him start playing some point guard. They're going to let him play that creative style of basketball, reasons why they drafted him. It'll be interesting to see his confidence if he, if he plays with that fiery style that, that earned him um, a lottery pick uh, with Maccabi. Uh, that's, I think, the thing to watch. And also Isaiah Todd, you mentioned, um, they yeah. thought about picking him as high as 15, I heard, because they thought he had that much potential. You, you know what's crazy? Him. Isaiah Todd said, I'm not working out with anybody unless it's a, lot, unless it's a lottery team. Did, did you hear that? <laughs> hey, Brandon <laughs> Ross is one of his mentors, so I'm not surprised by any audacious thing <laughs> that he might say. But um, he's a player who, who – Or his team said it. He might not have said it. I think his team said it or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> fair, fair. But, you know, I think with proper development, he's a player who can be he can be very good in a couple of years. So uh, kudos yeah. to the Wizards for reaching their good things, I think, to come for that team if you're a Wizards fan. Uh, Tommy Shepard has really shown that he's one of the good GMs in the league, and it's been quite some time since Wizards fans can say that they can safely uh, give the keys to a franchise to a man who seems to know what he's doing. Ben, great stuff. You're always welcome back on the show. Where can we find you on social media and everywhere else? Sure, you can find me on Twitter at Ben Mahich MBA. I'm writing stuff in the Washington City paper right now. I have more things dropping there soon. But thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. Anytime. You're always welcome back on the show and talk soon. There it is. Thank you for tuning in to Combo's Court Podcast. And thanks to Ben for joining in. We appreciate you, Combo Nation. Don't forget to rate, review. And if you haven't already, punch down on that subscribe button. Also, it helps the show tremendously if you share this episode. Share it on social media, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. Share it on your IG stories and tag me at 1-2-Combo on Instagram. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. A great way to support this podcast is to join in as a Combo's Court Patreon member. I'll leave a link in the description for that. Be on the lookout for episode 291. Combo, out.